Welcome to the Kindness Podcast. I'm Nicole Phillips. There are those people in our communities who just exude kindness. Anytime there's someone in need or something that needs to be done, they always seem to be involved. Jill Weiss from Washburn, North Dakota is one of those people. Jill spreads kindness at home as a wife, mom, nurse, volunteer ambulance worker, church music leader, and she spreads kindness across borders with her work with the God's Child Project in Guatemala. Jill, I'm delighted to talk with you today because did you know that it was actually, I don't know how you and I got connected, but I know I learned about you through a friend of yours. Uh, her name is Stephanie Martin Meyer. Stephanie Meyer. Do you know that oh. name? <laughs> oh, sure. I sure do know her. Oh. Yeah. Uh, so I did not know this. Yes. So here's what she had to say about you. She said, my personal story of Jill's kindness was when my dad passed away of a heart attack on Christmas Eve 12 years ago. Christmas Eve was on a Sunday that year, so we saw Jill and Bob and their girls at church that morning. My dad teased them all. That was his style. After he passed that afternoon and we all came back from the hospital, Jill and her family were the first people who rang our doorbell. It was Christmas Eve and it was sad. She said, the girls didn't want to come, but I told them, I know it's sad, but this is what you do. You go. You show up. And then Stephanie said, that thought has stayed with my family, and we try to be one of the first to go through the door for deaths, sicknesses, babies. You just go. And sometimes I think we do acts of kindness, and we don't realize the impact it has and how it changes people. But I am venturing to guess that you really changed the way that Stephanie looked at helping through that act of kindness. What's your recollection of that night? Oh, boy, <laughs> that's a heavy one in the morning. Well, <clears throat> you know, um, we've we've seen those the Martin kids grow up and gone to the same church in Washburn, so a very, very close family. And her dad really was one who dished it out to everybody, and <laughs> we all enjoyed giving it back to him, especially the kids. And uh, you talk about being kind-hearted. These are people who would help you in, in the drop of a hat and who did help us over the years as well for other reasons. But anyway, um, you know, it, we couldn't believe we got to church that night on Christmas Eve to be ready for Christmas Eve service, and somebody had mentioned Steve Martin died earlier this afternoon, and we all immediately thought of the actor, comedian, and thought, oh, Steve Martin, the actor, how tragic is that? And then, no, it was our Steve Martin. Mm. And then the whole the whole mood changed, and it was, you know, candlelit, somber service. But, um, you know, we knew they were coming back from the hospital, and, and our girls were great friends with all, with Steph and her brother and sister, and we just said, we need to, we need to go over. You know, we need to give, give them a hug, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of words you can say, but you can just sure hug them, you know, totally. Yeah. Yeah, and it mattered, yeah. you know, 12, 12 13 oh, yeah. years later, she's talking about it and saying that mm-hmm. that taught her how, with her own kids, to just go and show up and lean into that grief. Yeah, one, one of the things she did mention about that whole process, which I thought was interesting, is um, every year, every other year, we would visit our local funeral home and uh, visit with our funeral directors. And when Steph was in junior high, um, we didn't tell the youth group kids that was our field trip that Wednesday night. 
and uh, we, they all got to church, and we said, well, we're going down to visit Glenn at the funeral home tonight, and a lot of the kids were kind of, I don't want to, lack of a better word, creeped out about it, or thought, oh, I don't want to go there, mm-hmm. and they have bad memories of someone passing away, but we all went down there, and our funeral directors in Washburn are just totally rock stars, and and uh, you know, had had a great tour and a visit, and talked about what they do when they get the phone call and how they visit with the families and the kids had a million questions and Steph always told me years later that time going there as a you know probably a 15 year old when her dad died suddenly there it was just a little more easy uh, not an easy path but it just kind of flowed a little better because she had been at the funeral home and had this conversation. So I think it's a really neat thing to do with any kind of group, you know, mm-hmm. is to visit a funeral home, visit with them and, and uh, talk about, you know, how do you plan your funeral and how do you, do you cremate or do you be in a casket? How expensive are they? And it was really, really an eye opener for the kids who had maybe lost a grandparent or a family member in that time, you know? So she had mentioned that to me years ago. She was so glad we toured the funeral home in our local town. Mm-hmm. She had some familiarity with that, so it wasn't quite as as scary. Wow. Okay. Right. So you yeah. mentioned the word rock star, and um, one <laughs> of the things that Stephanie told me was that you spread kindness at home as a wife, a mom, a nurse, a volunteer ambulance worker, a church music leader, uh, a ski lift helper, a ski lift volunteer, and then... <laughs> yeah. Across the borders with your work with the God's Child Project in Guatemala. So we're gonna we're gonna dive into the God's Child Project, but I kind of want to hear a little bit more about um, this this <laughs> the rest of the stuff. Like you're the Washburn rock star, right? What's this? What's this well, about being a yeah? Not really. Well, you know, I don't cook or clean a whole lot, and uh, and I'm known for that. We tease about that if if our church needs a, a hot dish for a funeral. On a Tuesday morning at 1030, they're most likely going to call my husband, Bob, <laughs> and he is going to put the hot dish together um, or the pan of bars, either way. And I'm probably going to do a lot of the music at, at some of the, you know, a lot of the funerals in our community. I get to to play and sing at their funerals, which is, is one of the best things when you're invited to sing at someone's going away party. For me, as a musician, it just tops everything you know to be mm-hmm. a part of that day for them and the family and um, it's just a, it's a gift and I love using that gift of music obviously but yeah Washburn you know I'm an RN I've been a nurse for it'll be 40 years here in April and I've been an EMT off and on since 1978 so the the medical part of me at night is my specialty that I can do in my community is be a volunteer EMT. And that is my passion. I absolutely love emergency medicine. And uh, it's tough when you live in a small town and that pager goes off. Um, and I know them. It's my neighbor. It's mm. my church buddies. It's some of our friend's granddaughter having a seizure, or, you know, whatever the situation is. And, um, you know, it's, it's, we just love being able to be a part of that. It's a special bond with our fire department, our rescue squad, and our local ambulance in Washburn. Um, it, it's, I can't even describe it. And we have a bunch of high school kids on our squad I have to shout out to because our squad would probably not operate and be open without our local high school volunteers. 
So shout out to that, any Class B community listening, because um, get your high school kids involved. Exactly. You know, the ski lift um, situation is south of Mandan is Huff Hills, which is a great little ski area that's been in operation for about 28 years now. And um, some Washburn ambulance friends of mine talked me into joining. This is my 21st season out there. And our main focus on the hill is National Ski Patrol is medical and safety. And so we're trying to keep the hill safe and people fall. You know, we have a big toboggan. We put them in. We have a beautiful uh, first aid hut. Um, we do not have an ambulance on site. So if it's serious, we've got to roll the Metro Ambulance out of Bismarck Mandan right away. Mm-hmm. We have a great team of volunteers out there, and I get to use my nursing EMT skills. And then we spend a lot of time on the Bunny Hill helping people, you know, learn how to ski and then get them up on the chairlift and then push them off the chairlift <laughs> and let them fly, you know. <laughs> I'll so tell you, the push them. That's a fun, fun thing to do. I love skiing, and, and so I'm glad that became part of my hobbies as well because it's it's just tons of fun gets you out of the house in the winter and and uh, and to be with a special another special group of people who volunteer that skill too I think you really are yeah. are setting a really cool example for us because you're talking about things that are your hobbies you know you you like mm-hmm. you like to ski you like to to be involved in music and and, you know, you you like to be a nurse and what you're doing. And then you use those things and you turn around and you turn them into continual acts of kindness. And so, you know, it seems like like when people say, well, I don't really know what to do to help. You know, what's your answer for mm-hmm. that, Jill? Oh, boy. Uh, you know, if you can pick your specialty, um, maybe something you're good at, you know, maybe Maybe you're someone who can drive someone to a doctor appointment, or maybe you can help someone who needs to get back to work to watch their kids, or maybe whatever you have, whether it's your time or your talent or your passion. I think um, I think people have a lot of that bottled up nowadays and need to think outside the box a little bit. You know, mm-hmm. we're, we have a generation of kids coming up that, um, just grew up a little bit different than I did in, in the 60s and 70s, you know, mm-hmm. and and we need to just, um, you know, try to teach our kids and our grandkids and our youth how to give back a little bit. You know, you don't always have to get paid for something, although that's always nice, obviously, mm-hmm. but, um, and it can just start small, mm-hmm. you know, start with something really small. Maybe you can fill in and teach Sunday school for the, you know, be the sub or something, you know, or a lot of people tell me, oh, there's no way I can be on the ambulance, you know. Well, we have some younger folks on the ambulance with kids. Maybe when we have a big car accident and it's all hands on deck, maybe you can pop over to their house and take their kids or, you know, oh. get them something to eat because we, we all got to go when it's when it's a big emergency, you know. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I had my kids once mm-hmm. uh, volunteer at uh, a place that was collecting clothing and their job, the job we all did together as a family was folding laundry. And my kids were like, huh. that wasn't, that was not fun. Like, I don't like volunteering. And I said, okay, hold on, hold on. Like, it was my bad. I did it wrong, right? Because... <laughs> <laughs> there is something you love to do, and there is someone who needs that skill or that whatever it is you have. So, <laughs> right, right. Oh, so, yeah. Some people There's like to fold laundry, and not me. Yeah. Right, right, exactly. And and like I said, in our town, if if we can 
you know, if we can support the people that do want to go on that ambulance and, mm-hmm. and that car accident and that, that big emergency, you know, how can we help them to go then, you know, mm-hmm. is what, you know, we need to be focusing on in these small towns of ours too, you know. All the different levels of support system. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. When, when our girls were growing up and, and, uh, and I had an ambulance run, my husband's aunt lived right across the street from the ambulance bay and I would call Midge and if she wasn't out in her garden, I'd say, hey, Midge, we're rolling into town and, you know, put our daughters in the car and away we'd go and I'd push them out of the car and head right over to the ambulance hall and it's just what you do, you know. It's just one of those things you do um, to hopefully help someone who needs our assistance in that time frame, you know. But it's an essential part of it. You know, if Midge isn't there, you know, all of a sudden there's yeah. there's something missing there. A cog's missing. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, they've they've come on a few ambulance runs with me over the years. <laughs> I bet. Sit in the back, don't say anything, you know. And then deputy will take them back down to the hall or, you know, call somebody. So, yeah, it's just what you have to do. You just, everyone has to help each other to be successful, you know. And now you have two daughters, that's correct? I do. I do. I am with my daughter, Ashley, today. Um, She's, her birthday is tomorrow. She'll be 32. And she is studying occupational therapy out here um, at Trinity University in downtown D.C. And she has also been to Guatemala twice. And we are planning her big graduation party next year in the spring of 2021 and to head back there again as, as a family. Okay. And then tell us about your other daughter before we jump into the, the, the Guatemala mission. Sure. Yep. Kayla is 27 and she is married to Reed Buckley and they make their home in Washburn. She is a pastor and uh, has been pastoring at four Methodist churches for the last three and a half years. And she also is a substitute teacher at the Washburn High School, and she does run her own Washburn Impact Youth Group. Uh, there are about 30 teenagers every Wednesday night. Um, she is actually looking at starting and, and putting up her own church here in the next year in Washburn. And so that's a really, really exciting time because that that's her her um, kindness and her gift and her mojo as being a minister and she just needs to have her own situation, and it'll be fabulous when it gets going. Mm-hmm. So she is 27, got, did you say? She's 27, yeah. Kayla's actually the reason we we kind of got going to Guatemala when she was a teenager. She she jumped in with Charity Lutheran Church and Sam Coleman out of Bismarck, who is a minister at Charity Lutheran Church. And uh, they invited area kids to go to Guatemala and um, build houses and work at Casa Jackson, and they, Kayla had been taking Spanish at the Washburn High School, and she said, you know, I'd really like to go on this mission trip, you know, and they said, absolutely, this is what it costs, and send out a support letter and join us. So I have to, kudos to Sam Coleman for getting Kayla going, and so she's she's been down there six or seven times now, and um, got us into sponsoring kids that go to school at the Dreamer Center, and has stayed in touch with the kids, and so she's excited as well to go back next spring, our family. And, and really, it's a family reunion when we go back there because Antigua is also a small town, and we pretty much know everyone in the whole town, to be honest. you know. Wow. So really, both my daughters, we the very first time I went to Guatemala is really a funny thing. Um, they were planning a sister trip. Mm-hmm. And Kayla had been down there a few times, and Ashley was going to be getting ready to start, you know, furthering her education and so Kayla said we'll just come with me 
So they planned their whole trip and, you know, Bob and I are back working and I thought, no, I'm going to meet him there and surprise him. <gasps> so I worked it all out through the Godchild Project in, in Bismarck and Minneapolis and they helped me out and, and I knew I could stay at the same house and I seriously showed up in Guatemala City at the airport the same day they did and I am not a secret keeper. So you don't call me and say, Jill, can you keep a secret? Because <laughs> I'm not that girl. I am not that person. Not <laughs> At least you know it. it. You know it about no, yourself. I That's good. <laughs> yeah. Don't call me because it's not going to work out for you. <laughs> so anyway, I kept it a secret and they couldn't believe it. It was a trip of a lifetime. It was so much fun. We went together, the three of us, the next year. And then I've been going ever since because they've been busy in college and, and right. working. So mom's been, you know, taking vacation and, and heading out in the last eight years. So it's been just just super wonderful to stay in touch with our kids down there, too. So the, the group that you go with is called the God's Child Project. And I'll give people information. Yes. It's godschild.org if they want to look it up. But you focus on different causes in Guatemala, right? You've got a couple of different things that you're doing. What are you doing down there? Right. You know, uh, one of the facets that we do with our team is we build a house in three days. It's a 12 by 16 um, home. We uh, mix up our own cement. It's three inches thick, uh, cement board walls. And then the Guatemalan guys from the Godchild Project put a corrugated tin roof on and uh, put a little rain gutter out for the rain barrel and we we buy um, well we paint the outside of the house colonial blue beautiful blue color so everyone knows it's a god's child house mm. and then we pretty much furnish it we buy bunk beds and a little plastic table and chairs and and fill the home up um, the family makes a list of what they would like and the four things or three or four things they want are rice and beans and cooking oil and canned sardines. Oh. And so we, we get them that, but we, we pretty much fill up the house. Um, it's, we just fill it up with a lot of homemade items from, from all around North Dakota, from Afghans to quilts to homemade weaved rugs to you name it. And uh, we kind of HGTV up or <laughs> Home and Garden, whatever that show is. And uh, I mean, uh, one day we made a video. We said, "Move over, Joanna Gaines. There's a new sheriff in town." Because <laughs> we decorated this home. We had homemade pottery, and I mean, we just lit it up. And I said, "This is how you decorate a home in, in uh, Guatemala on a mountain." You know, mm. twelve by sixteen. Get creative there. Everyone gets a new pair of shoes, and we just really—it's the home project is is very, very um, physically tough. Mm-hmm. Um, but we all have our specialty, whether it's sawn wood or pounding nails or whatever, mixing cement. And uh, it's a project. When you get done that third day and you move those people in, there's not a dry eye in the house. Every year we have somebody make a homemade crucifix, um, you know, whether it's out of metal or, you know, wooden or however it was carved or made. And that's a real precious part to hang that up that we brought from North Dakota. And it's just a, it's a treasure to build someone. It's a life changer. It, it really is a health need because these people sleep on a muddy dirt floor shack. And boy, when it rains, everything just kind of goes down the hillside, you know, mm-hmm. and they're, they're sleeping in some tough places. So this home 
And I think it lasts 45 years is what somebody has been saying. Uh, they really stand up and uh, it just works. And it's 2500 to build that house. So our team will fundraise and chip in and, and pay for that house. And then one of the other projects we do is we call it menstrual ministry. And um, girls can't go to school there during the week or so of their period. They do have to stay home. In in Africa, a lot of the young girls have to go to a blood hut Mm -hmm. and just hang out during their period week. Guatemala, they just stay home. They just don't have, you know, feminine hygiene products to use. Mm. And so um, we met some ladies from Maine about five years ago, and they were down there. We built a house with them, and then we said, oh, what are you doing the rest of your time here? And they said, well, we're sewing pads. And so we were kind of interested in that. And so we came back and uh, went on the North Dakota show with Monica Hannon, spread the word about the pads, and we had about 6,000 pads in in three months. People made us from eight states, um, high school classmates, college classmates, church groups from all around the United States. And um, we were just blessed that we have storage to put these pads. And I think we're taking around 2,500 pads again this year. So our, our group will meet with the fourth, fifth, and sixth graders. And then we, <coughs> these, these young ladies, they don't talk about their menstrual cycle in Guatemala. It's very taboo. Mm-hmm. They don't talk about it with their mom. They don't talk about it with their girlfriends mm-hmm. or the teacher that's a female or anybody. And so we have really opened up a big can down there. And we have a class, and we we try not to get into sex education, but that topic will come up when the microphone goes around. The girls will say, "Can I get pregnant when I'm having my period?" And you know, we try to you know try to be as you know healthy about the situation. But the teachers in Guatemala have told us you could go around Central America. This could be a thing, and do some rock solid education to these students. Because they just don't really have it. It's just taboo. Right. But anyway, the girls each get a drawstring bag, and we have about 10 pair of new underwear, oh, some chapstick, maybe a little bath and body hand lotion, sanitizer, whatever. And then they get about, we usually give them about 20 pads, and they're made out of flannel on one side, and the bat, the um, waterproof side is P-U-L. For the people who sew out there, they'll know that. That's a waterproof material you might use on a homemade baby diaper. And then in the middle of the pad is just um, just a towel, like a, a towel from that you use to shower with. Mm-hmm. They cut up that terry cloth part of the towel and sew it in and put a snap on. And it snaps into their underwear. And the girls um, tell us, boy, they work well. They hand wash them, of course, and, and dry them. And mm-hmm. they work really pretty well. One gal told us for about three years. And so it keeps the girls in school. Most of us on the team have daughters, so we can totally relate to this. And so the fun part of the day is when we meet with those grade school girls and some of the older ones know it's coming and they're giggling, you know, and there's always a spokesperson for the class. Mm -hmm. There's always that sixth grade girl who stands up and has questions, but boy, they hug us and cry and are so grateful. And then we always have extra pads and they'll say, can I take one for my sister? Can I take a bag for my mom? And it's like, absolutely. You know, we want this to to be a thing down there for them. You know, Um, the other project we've gotten involved with is the midwives. And uh, there's about 50 midwives. They are licensed and their director reached out to the school about some medical supplies some years ago. And so, of course, the director visited with us. 
And so four of the nurses that come on my team work in the NICU, the high-risk nursery at Sanford. So they save um, different items throughout the year, scissors, and we go on Amazon and buy twill tape that you cut the umbilical cord. We have we order alcohol prep pads, lots of gloves. Um, a couple of years ago, the midwives wanted a headlamp. They said, can you, oh, sure. can, we, can you bring us a headlamp next year? Because we meet with them every year on, a, on like a Friday afternoon, and they all come in from hours away on a chicken bus to meet with us. Wow. And um, years ago, we gave them these big canvas bags. And I mean, these things have lasted. We always bring more if there's new midwives. And we, we fill up these bags that'll that'll get them through um, hopefully around 50 deliveries or so. I mean, we, we take a lot of suitcases down there with supplies. Some things we can buy down there, but for the midwives, we usually bring all their um, things. And then we... Um, we got them all headlamps. We'll bring more this year and some batteries, you know, extra batteries. And then a couple of years ago, they asked us for something to weigh the baby. They didn't have any way of weighing it. Sure. So we got the best, best fishing scale we could find. <laughs> I think we tried six of them. And on those fishing scales, they have a tape measure, you know. And so we, they can measure the baby. And then we have soft tape measures as well to go around the head and chest mm-hmm. and all that. But for length and weight, um, they can weigh the baby now, and they really were excited. And then one of our nurses is quite a seamstress, so she took a piece of kind of waterproof material and put grommets in, so she can hook the midwife can hook that scale up to the grommets and weigh the baby nice and safely in there, and then wipe down that little pad she used and use mm-hmm. it for the next baby. You know, so it's things we just we, never yeah. think about. We never think about it. Oh, I yeah, I know. And then last year, the midwife, they know we're a deal now. Like, they know we're legit. We're coming back every year. Yep. Might be a newer face or two, but the same gang is coming back. And um, last year, they they felt just horrible asking, and they all kind of got in a, they were all huddling, speaking Spanish, and you could tell they were very shy. And, and then uh, one of the teachers who um, interprets for us said, well, here's what they would really like, a blood pressure cuff. Oh. And a stethoscope, oh. and we just like, are you kidding me? <laughs> and so, like, okay, and you know they can't go to their local hospital. Their government is, you know, is, yeah. things that is just not. I mean, people can complain here in the United States, and that's fine. But go to Guatemala or a third world country, and then we can discuss a situation that's just not fair, right? Right. And so anyway, um, so this year we have. They wanted a blood pressure cuff um, and a stethoscope because they like to do uh, check on these women prenatal while they're pregnant in case they're getting toxemia, high blood pressure, having issues there, and um, and they just weren't able to do that. Mm-hmm. And so they make a lot of home visits before that baby's even due. Well, then they asked, then they really asked for a pediatric stethoscope because it's got a smaller bell to put over the chest and listen to the baby's heart and lungs. And it's like, done. Yeah, yeah, we'll bring that. Yeah. So now we've got all that. We've got it packed and coming. And, you know, with. so then this year we'll be, okay, what else can you think of? You know, yep. and they are, they're a really dedicated group of ladies and they are licensed in the country of Guatemala. And their director, who's, you know, kind of in charge of like the board of nursing in North Dakota or something, she comes and um, she's part of that group. And, and it's it's a really really amazing thing to be able to help these ladies 
in because uh, they deliver babies in a lot of different, um, you know, physical surroundings right. than we are. You know? All different situations. Mm. Yeah, we're busy and we're building a house. I think one of our, our, we have so many facets of this trip. We all sponsor kids, of course, in the, in the Dreamer Center at the school, which is, is something I really encourage people to look into. Um, I think we started, you can go to $20 a month and it goes into the general fund, of course, and those kids um, have a sponsor. They write to you several times a year and, and send a Christmas card or you can send them a birthday card. It's just fun to keep in touch with these kids. And of course, then we've been going back every year. So we've seen them grow up and, and our, one of our older boys, we sponsor, um, we just sent, he just graduated from high school a couple weeks ago, which is unheard of down there. Um, you pay to go to school in Guatemala. It's mm-hmm. not like us with our taxes and how our kids go. Well, they don't go free, but you know, right. for lack of a better word, and uh, these kids have to pay. So that's why nobody can go in that mm-hmm. country because it's so poor. But the Dreamer Center, our school, through the God's Child Project, is free. And the social workers, you know, visit with the families and make sure they're in that socioeconomic status, I guess, who I say qualify to go to our school, if you will. Yep. And um, so the school is just amazing. And Brian, our young man, we've been sponsoring um, sponsored him, started through Charity Lutheran. They were sponsoring him. We took him over, and we just sent him to college last week. Oh. And he's a grade-A student. He's an orphan. He has no family. Oh. And he is studying physical therapy, and his class load looks like something I'd never want to get into. <laughs> but I'm excited to see him in March. And, uh, you know, we'll you know fill up his little one-room shack he lives in with some groceries and leave him a little Quetzal for the for the year to be able yeah. to have food and stay in school. Yep. Um, he's a wonderful student. So education, my parents were both teachers and education is, is important for these kids in these countries. Mm-hmm. So we help a lot at the school on uh, Friday mornings at the school is vegetable distribution day. So it's all hands on deck. All the local farmers bring in all kinds of vegetables. Some of the pizza places in town bring in um, boxes and boxes of pepperoni pizza, cheese pizza and uh, they, we hand that out. The mothers and some fathers come through on Fridays, and they take home some serious big plastic um, bags of fresh vegetables that are just wonderful. What a and after treat. all of our people have yeah. come through and we've dished out and given all that out, then um, anything we have left over, we take down the, um, down the street to another school that's kind of, you know, just real close, and mm-hmm. we'll take the food down there to them. And that seems to work out really good. We always have kind of a fun table. There's all the vegetables, and then you come to the end of the table, <laughs> and it's our table. And, I mean, we'll have, like, bubbles and dollar chapsticks. The women love oh. very bright colored lipsticks. And, oh, one of our gals has a has a connection with an Avon lady. So we'll have <laughs> Avon jewelry. And, uh, Avon and delivered to Guatemala. Favorite. I like it. <laughs> oh. Yep, and hard candy for the moms, uh-huh. uh, bouncy balls, yeah. and just fun, random stuff. And we just, like, hand it all to them, and that's really fun. Um, but the the best part of the trip is when we all kind of get all that busyness out of the way and we can focus at Casa Jackson. And Casa Jackson is the malnutrition hospital. Um, it's been going for about 10 years. Jean and Sue Jackson from Dickinson North Dakota um, are the main benefactors who started this hospital. And actually, I think our brand new hospital is um, four years old now. It's an 88 bed. It's the only malnutrition hospital in all of Central America. 
and uh, babies and kids come from all very far away to um, get better. You know, some will live there maybe a year, maybe two, maybe three. Mm-hmm. Um, there's kids that have been there for three years when we go back. Some are orphans um, that we, you know, just feed and they just end up starting going to school at the God's Child and, and kind of live there until they can get them placed. Or, you know, they have a wonderful orphanage in Antigua, um, and a lot of our kids will go to that orphanage as well. Mm-hmm. But Casa Jackson is, is just a beautiful hospital that um, we got to, I don't say help design, but we were there uh, two years before when the engineers and architects came through, and, and, you know, we got to put our say in for, like, a bathing station and how we want, like, a room we can close the door so it's warmer and, ah. you know, have the big plastic tub up on a counter so we can yeah. start bending down on the floor in cold water, giving yep. a baby, you know, 10 babies the same bath in the same cold water, you right, know. Right, right. So it, it's, it's fun to be a part of that process. And then Casa Jackson is, is our heart and soul of this trip, working with, you know, the babies and toddlers and, and feeding them and, and we do music. I brought my very first guitar that I got as a fourth grader, and it stays at the hospital, and my little Yamaha nylon six-string, and we pull that thing out in the morning. We have music time in the morning <laughs> afternoon. Um, it's just a big party pretty much when we're there, and the moms, I, there's a lot of moms that stay with their babies. Uh, maybe 10 or 12 every year will be there, and we just pamper them. We bring them pads and underwear and lipstick and bring them coffee one morning and maybe there's Aww. some wonderful bakeries in Antigua we'll swing in there one morning and buy yeah. all the nurses and the cook you know all kinds of sweet treats and fun and it's just delightful to spend time with these people and kind of get to know their story and and uh, watch their baby grow and in two weeks you, you can't believe a little baby can come in can't even open their eyes or hold their head up at all and and that little bit of nutrition and holding and hugging um, is just kindness, if you will, which mm-hmm, is this about. Mm-hmm. Um, just that little bit of love and attention and support. When we leave, it, well, this year we're there three weeks, but when we leave, to see that improvement is, is like a miracle. Yeah. You know, yeah. um, we do lose a baby or a child. It seems like every year um, someone comes in, they've been starving a little too long, and we are really just unable to you know, get them back to health and life. Mm-hmm. And that just rocks our hearts so hard because, okay, we're 2020 now. And I, I really, right. Why really is this still happening? Right. Yeah. Malnutrition. Yeah. And back to the sanitary pad project. Um, that one, we just, we just have so much fun with that, with the kids, with these girls. But my daughters and I were watching a show on CNN called heroes. And I don't know if you guys have ever seen that show, um, cnnheroes.com and each year you can nominate people and, and then the, you can vote throughout the year on the best project and this year the number one hero project was a lady from Ethiopia and she lives in the United States now but she goes home every year and it's all about sanitary pad pro- sanitary mm. pads for the girls and we about mm. fell out of our chairs that night and she won the overall hero of the world or hero of CNN heroes and um and she has a factory in Ethiopia with dozens of ladies sewing these pads mm-hmm. and it's like they can hardly keep up and of course my husband's looking over at me like don't get any ideas <laughs> and I'm like, well, wow. listen, if this lady can do it I you can know, do that right right everybody's 
getting a little nervous, uh, like, what's Jill going to do? Yeah. Well, Jill, you we... Know, but honestly, if, if you watch that show and you see what she's doing, we're kind of doing that on a much smaller scale. Yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm not a seamstress. I mean, give me a ball of yarn and a crochet hook, but not not a sewer. Yeah. But I'm, I'm already thinking, can we get this going, you know? Right. And... Uh, yeah, I mean, wow. dream dream big and then go after it, I guess. Jill, <laughs> but, I could I could um, talk to you about this all day, but I'm 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 afraid that we have to let you go, but I yep, uh yep. I'm loving 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 your enthusiasm because just hearing you talk about Guatemala and about about the things that you're involved in is infectious you know it's just like oh man i want to do that i could do that how can i help you know and so we're going to send people to godschild.org and they can get more information but i sure appreciate you sharing your stories with us today and and just really honestly your love for people it's just so 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 inspiring well thank you so much and any chance we can to get the word out about the godschild project is is our pleasure and anyone wants to get in contact with me as well um i definitely love sharing how how to put a you know service team together and 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 or come join us and then put your own team together but we're we're all about the Godchild project we love this this project so cool thank you so much and many blessings for safe travels on your next trip you're welcome thank you for calling What an inspiring conversation with Jill Weiss from Washburn, North Dakota. She's teaching the world that true kindness superheroes don't wear capes, but they do often travel to Guatemala. Check out the God's Child Project at godschild.org. Thanks for listening to the Kindness Podcast. It's produced by WOUV Public Media and relies heavily on the kindness of engineer Adam Rich. I'm Nicole Phillips. We hope you'll subscribe to the Kindness Podcast wherever you listen and find us on social media at Kindness Podcast. If you like the show, please spread some kindness in the review section.